0: Hello, Sunshines, This is Shauna, also known as Creative Stitching Diva, and you are listening to Chronicles of a Crochet Diva
1: podcast. Enjoy.
0: Okay. Hello, sunshine. Hello, hello, hello. This is Edeméwa, right? Yes, yes. Did I say it correctly, Edemewa? You,
2: you did. I did.
0: Well, we've been talking like every Saturday for a while now, so. <laughs> <laughs> How
2: are you? I'm wonderful. I've had a great day, and I'm really happy to be here. I was really excited. I was a little nervous, actually, if you can believe it, but. um
1: What?
2: Yeah, well, you never know. You're like, oh shit! What do I gotta talk about? You know, (laughs) you never. It's just conversation as as other people might think you are. So, yeah. Aww.
0: But every day. That's good because I did too. I relaxed. (laughs) Good. Yeah, I didn't really do too much of anything. I relaxed, and I said I'm just gonna do that. For some reason, I've just been real sleepy lately. But
2: it's that time of the year. We're all hibernating.
0: I think so. It is, right?
2: Uh Uh-huh. It's that time to rest, to plan, to think, to come up with new ideas, to prepare and all of that. So by springtime, you can just bust out and, you know, whatever (laughs) it is you wanted to do.
0: (laughs) I have boys in here and they all circling around me.
2: Oh, okay. Like a shark? Okay. okay.
0: Yeah. They all like even my little one, the eleven year old, they
2: circling.
0: They were all around me. Now I do lives almost every single week. <laughs> and this one, they want they I, they want to be a part of it for some reason. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited because um I when I was doing my list for picking who I want to be on, my um, I, I want people who are exciting, who are fiber artists, and who are like great spirit. And I don't want just anyone on here. You you know what I'm saying? If I don't have a vibe, or if we're not cool, I don't want to fake the funk. So that's why I said when I'm when I get excited because you've been in the zoomies for a little bit now, and I'm like wow, we have a great vibe. We have a great, like, connection. And all of us are very sincere for each other. And that's what I was excited about. I was excited because I feel like we're closer than others that I bring on here. Because we know a little bit more about each other than others. So I am excited. Dirty
2: dirty laundry a little bit.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So... Um. Uh, who are you? Oh gosh. <laughs> who are that's you? A, that's such
2: a large question. Well, um, yeah. So as you mentioned, fiber artist. I I am a fiber artist. Um, I crochet. I knit. I weave. I dye. Um, and every time I say dye, people are like, "What?" I dye <laughs> as in color, like dye yarn. <laughs> Um, I blend I sew, I I mean I pretty much anything that you can do with fiber I probably have at least attempted it if not um, have it as a list of of my um, skills Uh, other than that though that's like the most recent I think um, let's see I've been crocheting and knitting um, since I was about six years old but that was just, you know, kind of something that I shared with my grandmother and it was something fun to do. You make like a little hat or scarf for your auntie and they rave about it when you're like nine and you think it's like the greatest yeah. thing in the world. But then you go to high school or get a little older and you're like, that's grandma stuff. Nobody's doing that. And, you know, I'm a little older because when I was in school, we didn't have the internet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even have, have. uh
2: we didn't even have email. <laughs> there was no such. Thing. No. So um, all of this is like new. But um, so before all that, I've only I've only been doing this this what I'm doing now for like the last I think like two two years. Um, I've only been weaving for since May. I started in May. You started year.
0: weaving in May
2: yeah wait till i show those pictures because yeah. now you got me
0: wanting to do it so i'm looking around i'm looking around and scraps and stuff just so i could start <laughs> because they came out so beautiful that it was some something i always saw but it was something i never thought of doing until mm-hmm. i saw you do it and i think Aww. it's more because i saw you in the process of making it mm-hmm. and i saw that process
2: if yeah, that I didn't does, see that that process does
0: help. I wouldn't. That
2: that does help. It kind of you're like, oh, that's how you do that. Okay, that looks fun, or that looks interesting, or that doesn't look as hard as I thought it was gonna be, or you know, all those different things. So they it can spark that that interest to to partake, which is why I try to post process videos and process pictures so that right. bring people into it because you don't see a lot of us um doing certain things you know even though there's a there's a small group of us in the fiber community as a whole um and then within that we tend to see us in crochet and knit you know you don't see too many of us spinning yarn you don't see too many of us dyeing yarn you don't see too many of us weaving or you know doing all these other things so um that was the reason why i started doing the process videos because the first time i saw somebody weaving was a black woman and i was just like oh wow you know and and when you think about it's like okay this is an indigenous art like brown black and brown people started this shit from the beginning (laughs) you know so it's like of course we do it but um you don't see it so yeah I, i try to try to show different things um, even before I started doing fiber arts, I was always the, the the odd one out, the the black sheep, the weirdo kid, you know, that was doing stuff that you normally didn't see people doing, especially, you know, right. black women. Um, and so I've, I've always wanted to kind of show that you can do this, you can do that. Anytime I saw people doing something, I went the other direction on purpose whether it was like TV shows they're talking about it I don't want to hear about it I don't want to watch it if it's like gym shoes or clothes or whatever I'm like mm, nope, I'm going to wear something totally you know weird and different and I right. or you know all these different things I always wanted I gravitate towards things that are different so um when I saw um this woman weaving I was like oh this is amazing you mean I can make fabric and make my own clothes and you know, do all this stuff, even with crochet and knit, I didn't really see much outside of like hats, scarves, gloves, you know, yeah, blankets, things like that. So when I started to see clothing, you know, because when you think clothing, you see like granny, granny square shirts and stuff like that, and not knocking the granny squares. Cause sometimes they be fly. But for me, that wasn't, it. it wasn't hitting it. So I was just like, no, I'm good. But when I started to see these cute little halter tops and bralettes, yeah, and, you know bikinis, and you know that um, the one that I showed you before that I made that harness, I was like, "Oh, this is like, you know, <laughs> <right."> <laughs> yeah." You know? I'm gonna show the
0: pictures. I'm gonna show the pictures. Calm down. I'm gonna show the pictures because people I, are like, "Her work?
2: What's her work?" Or you know, and then we got crazy for some people. I'm into some stuff okay so when I had the opportunity to make a harness girl I was like okay this is this is this is some sexy ass knitting right here yes like, yes knit one in every color and I, I got three of them I want two more because <laughs> it, it like cups your boobs just right and like it's mm-hmm. long enough you can make it into a bodysuit harness so it goes in between your. wow I mean it's it's sexy it's sexy wow yeah. so when I started seeing that I'm like okay yeah I could definitely get into this like this this works for me and um even with patterns and things I I like kind of going off the pattern you know you see stuff and and you're like okay this is cute but it'll look better if it was a halted top I do or yeah like, it'll I be do that. If it was fitted in the, mm-hmm. you know or something like that so that's the beauty of of learning is because once you get to a certain level you can go off the pattern you can make additions and subtractions to the pattern and kind of make it your own so yeah. that everything fits you personally
0: yeah i'm going to show the pictures but before we
2: get there i wanted to
0: know more about you i know that you dye yarn when i first saw your work i saw the like what shanti do uh the spinning, um, I saw different textures of yarn, and I was not into different types of fiber art because I was very um, deprived, basically. I never was taught different types. Mm -hmm. But what I did learn, is that that noise again? No, you sound good to me. Okay. Because I could have sworn I heard some noise. I'm like, wait a minute. Hold up. I hear it. No. But what I did learn was that fiber art is, like, way more than what I thought it would be. And then I started liking it even more. And then I saw Shanti's work. Then yes. I see your work, and then I and then you guys introduced me to other people, and then you can see the textures. And when you was when you made that shawl, and I'm looking at the yarn, I'm like, she can't make that with that yarn." Yes, you can. <laughs> and I didn't realize that. I didn't yeah. realize that you could do these things. So, um, little John and I, we have a, sh- a show coming out in next week, the 13th, okay. and we're doing novel yarn. I'm excited about it, and we're doing novelty yarn. I don't even know if I was supposed to say that or not, but we're doing novelty yarn. <laughs> exactly. and
2: Just don't post this video. <laughs> exactly
0: right. I won't post it. I won't. Post it. <laughs> but um, I said I can appreciate novelty yarn now because of what I see you guys do. And when Shanti made the wall art, in my mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I was like. I can appreciate it, but I can appreciate it more now because she showed the different textures, mm-hmm. show how she was doing it. As we are on Zoom, she's like literally spinning it and I, I can see it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. And then I can see when she's finishing the finals. The final production is like, wow. And then it's so many different textures. I never appreciated anything like that before until I met you guys. And so that's what I want to teach others. Because there's a lot of people that watch my shows and they just know crochet. Yeah. Not even knit, but just crochet. But not realizing that the different textures of yarn, you could use it for different types of Thing. So mm-hmm. what is the, like, out of everything that you have done, fiber arts, and um, what is the most uh, fun for you?
2: Uh, you know, <laughs> I, a lot of, I've, I've been asked this question a few times, and it's always really hard to choose because I only do what I like to do. So, if I'm doing it, then that's my favorite thing to do in that moment. At
0: that moment.
2: Um, So, it's really hard to choose overall, uh, but on a day-to-day, like today, I had an order for um, a woven scarf, and it takes me about two days to make this particular scarf, and I was excited yesterday. (laughs) I was excited yesterday and then today I had to finish it and I was like, I think I did everything but work on that scarf. Um, because it wasn't my favorite thing to do today. Today, today.
0: right my
2: favorite thing to do was to go hula hooping out in the park. So
0: that's what and you can, you, know? <laughs> you can hula hoop. You could take, let me tell you something, okay? You could take someone who loves men's. I love (laughs) men's. but I'm staring like girl (laughs) and one and my admin my admin Shay um she helps me sometimes with like you know doing my graphing and 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 doing my pictures and stuff and helping me and she's the moderator and she's like her legs I'm like Shay concentrate (laughs) I love her freaking legs. Concentrate, concentrate girl, concentrate. But yeah, like it's more so, and then when I saw it for the first time, I think, um, because I'm not really on Instagram like that, I'm not really on it. So when I saw the hula hoop thing, it was only because Fran, and I'm shouting Fran out, Brand mentioned how you know it was beautiful and i was like they talk about beautiful let me go see what this is and then i saw you hula hooping and i'm like oh okay i'm gonna get into my sexy hula hooping i'm gonna i'm gonna get there i'm gonna do it because
1: that, you know we that, want you.
2: that was another thing that you know i it was it's fun to do but i didn't know that i could access it in that way until I saw someone else doing it, and it was to be another Black woman, and I was at a jazz concert, and this queen was in the front, like, right in front of the band, in the open space, hula
1: hooping,
2: to the jazz band, and sister was getting it, like, I didn't know you could do that with a hula hoop, and it seemed so you know, normal once you see it, you're like, of course you can do that with a hula hoop. You know, you just No, you dance, I would have never
1: thought of but it. Like, you. I, didn't that, I didn't know it was
2: possible until <laughs> yeah. I saw her. And then I was like, oh yeah, this, I'm about to be all about this because anything that allows me, I've always been a creative. So anything that allows me to create, to express myself physically, to move my body, I'm all about it because I feel like we create you know that that beautiful energy when we um you know move our bodies when we speak certain words when we sing from the heart when we do all these things so any opportunity i can get to do that to create these magical spells with my body i'm all about it so when i saw that i was like okay this is this is my shit and i i did that probably every single day it would be 6 hours at a time just I put the music on and just hit play and just dance and dance. Wow. And then you start to see all these different shapes that you can create with the hoop and with your body and all these like different moves that you can do, you know, with the hula hoop. And it's like, it's not just hula hooping anymore. It's like, it's an experience, you know? So, yeah. Um, but again, I didn't know until I saw somebody do it. So that's why I, you know, I love to put that kind of stuff out there. I don't think that I'm the greatest, you know, by any means. I've seen a lot of people do way better than me as far as, you know, technique and tricks and things like that. But I do it because it feels good. I do it because it's fun. um, And I love music and I love dance. So um, I remember I was, um, I got a contract. Uh, That's another thing. I've always been a dancer. So that's what I did. Um, I was in the circus for 16 years before this happened. So um, I was under contract for um, a theater production in Spain and I was out there um, and I was just hula hooping, you know, just hula hooping in the streets. And out there, it was even more rare to see, you know, just on the streets, um, in Spain. And so I'm hula hooping this little black girl you know, ah. to see of white folks, even though they're, they're Spanish, they white over there. So <laughs> I'm out there and they're looking at me like, who is she? Cause, cause in Europe, if you black, they think you African you know oh, until, yeah. until you start until you start talking and me with my light skin but they're like okay maybe maybe her dad's french and her <laughs> african or something but um so they're looking at me like this weirdo and i'm in my zone i'm vibing so i'm just dancing and all of a sudden i start to hear this music and i start. i was like okay there somebody's playing music this is great i didn't realize that um these uh romani travelers um a lot of people know them as gypsies but um, yes. the, ter- the term gypsy is actually kind of a slur so i don't like to okay. that word but they're romani um tribes people and they set up like behind me with their like makeshift instruments and stuff. And oh, wow. they're playing and singing. And I don't know if you've ever heard like flamenco music or Spanish Romani music where they're like, oh, you know, yes. so I got that like, blood. oh, girl, I was like, this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> they're playing and I'm dancing. I kid you not. Within 30 minutes, there was a sea of like a couple hundred people just gathered wow, all around just, just watching. watching and i'm just zoned out like feeling the music i danced until 6 a.m the sun was coming up it was a whole new day and i was, thinking, wow. it was so beautiful and so much fun and it's like to have that experience only because i was hula hooping you know if i was just walking down the street minding my business that would have never happened right so Learning these things and, um, you know, it it gives you an opportunity to have new experiences. So whether it's hula hooping or crochet or weaving or whatever, you know, it will afford you, you know, new opportunities and new experiences to to bless yourself and to bless others, you know. And it's easy because you just live your truth, you know. It was something that felt good to me. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And then I ended up having this wonderful, magical experience, you know. And that's kind of how I feel almost every time I I make something new. I'm like, ooh.
0: (laughs) a magical experience, right?
2: Exactly. It's a magical experience.
0: Wow. (laughs) Speaking of magical experience, you just said that you worked in the circus. How was that? Was that fun or was it like something that you did? for work or
2: that was how i fed my baby um okay. it um it, it was it was my life for quite some time um when i was younger i told my mom that i wanted to run away with the circus and uh when i was able to do so that's exactly what that's i did, what you did. I wouldn't even know where to go to even look for a circus <laughs> to run away with. <laughs> Believe me, it was challenging because once again there was no internet, <laughs> so um, it took a lot of a lot of phone calls, a lot of showing up and being told no. Um, especially, you know, a young black girl, they're like, get, get, "Go, you could sweep up, you know, like we need some help with, like maybe you could sew some costumes or something," but. No, we're not putting you on stage. And um, I will be very, I'm very, very grateful for, um, there was a woman that I met actually in Atlanta. And she runs a circus school in Atlanta. And she had been running this school, I think, since like the 70s or 80s or something like that. It's been quite a long time. And uh, she was a former, former circus performer. And um, I hooked up with her and just soaked it all up you know, I stayed there, I lived there, I I cleaned up the space, I, you know, turned the lights on to get everybody started and turned them all off. When it was time to go, I I used every opportunity I could to just soak up, because again, I didn't have any money, I didn't have any, you know, right. So I'm like, please help me, you know, like, please, sir, can I have some more, you know, like, yeah. teach me. Um, but uh, after that, I I just kind of took it and went off on my own. And when I, I'm from Detroit and living in Detroit, um, having six or seven hustles is like normal. That's like everyday life. So when I got back to Detroit, I just hustled, you know, and yes. I hustled myself and I'm like, look, I can do this. I can do that. I can do this. I can do that. You know, and what I didn't know, I just made up you know? I'm like, they don't know. I'm just gonna tell yeah. them. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah, I do that too. And then you just make the shit up as you go. In fact, my very first show that I got in Detroit, well, my very first uh, belly dance show that I got in Detroit was Off Alive. Um, I met this guy in the bar and he made some comment about dancers and I was like, oh yeah, I'm a belly dancer. and He's like, Oh really? I saw this belly dancer in this movie. I think he was talking about Dawn of the Dead, and she was dancing with a snake, and she had swords, and da 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 da. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yep, I do that too. (laughs) No, you didn't say that. Do that.
0: But did you ever dance with a snake? Because I saw the picture.
2: So (laughs) that's how that came about. So he he said to me. Oh, you do that? <laughs> um, I got a, I got a job for you, and he's like, "I'll pay you two hundred and fifty dollars to do this show." And to me, like at that time, this you know, two hundred fifty dollars, I'm like, "heck yeah, that's like a light bill, and we could yeah. be good for a couple weeks, you know." Back then, so, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Uh huh, yep, sure, I'll take the gig," and I left there with my friend, and I'm like how am I going to pull this off? Like I'm either going to have to lie my ass off when I show up without a snake or I'm going to have to find a snake. I went on Craigslist <laughs> and I was searching for people with snakes. I put a thing out um, on, um, I can't remember what the name of that platform was, but it oh, MySpace. That's what it was before back in the day. My MySpace, yeah. So, I put a call out on MySpace and I'm like, anybody who has a snake, you know, contact me, blah, blah, blah. So, I finally got a hold of somebody's cousin's sis, cousin's girlfriend's brother's girlfriend. Okay. So, I show up to this lady's house and she has an eight foot python. And I mean, this thing is like this, this thick around eight feet long. It's huge. I've never touched a snake in a day in my life. Never. Let alone dance with one. So I have to go in here and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've touched snakes before. I've I've held snakes before. Mm-hmm. Yep. She put that snake on my shoulders and everything in me wanted to jump out of my skin. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. At the same time there was something that felt really nice about it too. You know, when it started moving and you can feel the scales, like gripping your skin as it's like crawling across you and everything. And, you know, it squeezes so it can hold onto your body so it doesn't fall like you were a tree in the jungle. Uh-huh. So I'm allowing this this to happen. And um, we were all good. So I was like, okay, do you mind? I can pay you 50 bucks you know, to let me use your snake. She's like, oh yeah, sure. I'll come with you. You know, I just want to make sure my snake's okay. Okay, great. She comes. I do the show, girl. I did the show of a lifetime. I looked like, I mean, just some kind of like, you know, African goddess coming out of the you know what I mean? It was just like, it was something spectacular that nobody had ever seen. So I'm in my belly dance outfit. I got this snake. I'm, I'm, you know, doing all the moves and they got this beautiful music playing for me. And I'm like, you know, got a skirt with a slit all the way up to my belly button. And, you know, I'm just, I'm doing it. And they lost their shit. And I so from then on, that was my show, so I had to I had to go and find some snakes. <laughs> so I went to a reptile convention and I bought like five snakes. Okay, that was, that was the birth of uh, my snake dancing, and um, I did that for probably I want to say like eleven years. And um, my last snake, uh, she passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because after a while, you really connect with them. They're like your babies, you know? And um, she passed away. And after that, I didn't want to get another snake because that really hit me hard. She was like my baby
1: she looks
2: like perfect anytime somebody would snap a picture she would pose and stop like it was as if she knew exactly what was going on i would be doing you know shimmies or hip rolls and she would hold on to my waist just perfectly so you know it would produce like these beautiful pictures and silhouettes and things like that she was amazing and when she passed away i was like i'm done um and then i started uh fire eating I saw that. Just keep going.
0: (laughs) I saw that. Did you learn that in the school you went to in Atlanta or you just did that on your own?
2: I taught myself how to eat fire. I am very proud of that because there were, there were, there was nobody um, that I knew at the time that was doing that. And I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where to look. Um, There was YouTube by this time. Um, So I looked up on YouTube, this lady eating fire. She was um, in Canada and I contacted her to see if I could come and get lessons from her, but she never responded. So I was like, I learned how to do it myself. Yeah, I burned myself a lot. Um, There were a lot of accidents, a lot of trial and error uh, but I figured it out, and um, that became part of my act for a number of years as well. In fact, I still do it, um, just not on the, the same scale that I do before, especially now with the pandemic going on, yeah. hiring for that kind of stuff. But um, that, that went into, like, fire hula hoops, into fire swords, and fire headdresses, and fire you uh, be dance, doing dance. It. Like, I was like, what else can we set on fire? <laughs> like, Let's what? just put everything on fire and, and dance with it. So, yeah. But what? with fire, you have to um, have certain licenses and insurance and things like that. So it was a little bit more challenging to um, get the fire jobs uh, for smaller gigs. So I, that's when I started doing the hula hooping because it was something that I can do that didn't require any licensing. Because the other thing I did was the aerial. And with the aerial, you're literally like uh, hooked up to someone's ceiling. So there's special rigging, special licenses, special insurance and all of that. Because when you do those drops, mm-hmm. you could, number one, you could fall and hurt yourself. Right and number two, you could rip someone's ceiling out. So you had to make sure that everything was rated and you had to have a professional rigger come in and test everything and do all that. And um, unless it was a really big show, um, some people didn't want to pay for that kind of stuff. So I was like, let me see what else I can do that doesn't require all of this extra stuff. So it was mostly belly dancing and the hula hooping, but um, Ariel and Fire were like my. T- that's all I did for for years and years and years was with what? Ariel and Fire. I just knew I knew that you were like um,
0: adventurous, free spirit, like have a beautiful soul. Um, just by us talking that Saturday, uh, well on Saturdays, just by you know, just you just have a voice that's like calming so even if i'm in a rage and i'm listening to you i'm like okay i'm calm i'm okay Aww, yes, yes <laughs> i'm serious and and a lot of times well the past month i was going through a lot so when you come in you know the ladies the zoomies we call each other zoomies the zoomies you know what we always try to help me and whatever but you don't come in like after the fact and you would just talk real calm and just and I'm like, oh this is so and I'm just crocheting. This is so peaceful. This <laughs> is so peaceful. Like I feel like I should have my inside voice when I'm around you. <laughs> you know
2: <laughs> that is something that um I've learned uh from my 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 grandmother and my father um, was the ability to create your own space and your own bubble, you know, and you'll find that when you do that, people tend to match your energy, you know, so that I prefer an energy of peace and calm, you know, for the most part, I can, you know, tear shit up and, and, you know, do all that when I want to. But for the most part, on a regular basis, I like peace and calm and ease. And, you know, you can still have fun and laugh and joke and talk shit or whatever you want to do within that space. But I really like that energy. That's what works for me. So I try to keep that in my bubble and, you know. Sometimes people can match that, but what I often find is that if they can't, they usually disappear. They get rid of themselves, which makes it even more easy for me because They're I don't have to do. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They're
0: uncomfortable, and that's a good thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's like when you're arguing and yelling and screaming and yeah, fussing and doing all this, and the person is just like, "Hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay." All right. Like you can only argue with yourself for so long. If the other person is not engaging you or not matching your energy or feeding into your energy, it it's got to stop at some point. Right. You know, so it's it that's kind of I don't know. And I, I I've my dad and my grandmother have always been that way. So it wasn't something that I learned you know as a as a tool it's just been a part of my life because I've never my dad um is 74 I think i can't I don't remember <laughs> but <laughs> I've never heard him raise his voice not one time wow entire life never I've wow. heard him curse maybe a handful of times you know and even then it was like damn all right, you know, like something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, but other than that, never heard him raise his voice. I can tell when he's mad, you know, just by his body language. And he gets very, very quiet. Um, but never heard him raise his voice ever.
1: Wow. So, um,
2: yeah, it helps.
0: <laughs> it 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 does. So I'm a I'm a Pisces. So I always say, because I'm a Pisces, I'm very creative, I'm I'm sensitive, I'm all of this, and I'm all of that. Then I realize I have a little of my mama where I could get very loud and very, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say ghetto, but you know, sometimes another side come out. Right. Right. <laughs> another side come out. And so some I use that as This platform, because this platform, I want the real Shauna to come out. I don't want to fake the funk. I just want to be me and use my creative juices to help other people and. That's what I like about the people who I asked to come on here because everybody have their own identity and everyone have their own uniqueness about them. And with you, you just blew my mind because it's way more. Like yesterday we spoke to someone who made a, a crochet song and she crochets and she's a songwriter. Nice. And it's like Miss Peachy, you know, she does the yarn dyeing and I had other people who talked about their business, but you my, you blow my mind because it's way more to it. It's more like a mind, a body, and a soul.
2: Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> it, it's more to it than just the creativity that you're bringing us. You're bringing us more than just creativity. You're bringing us something that we can all think about, something that, um, I don't know. With you, I think of like your mind, your body, and your soul.
2: yeah. Yeah, your
0: spirit, your free and, spirit,
2: and, and for me, they're they're all one and the same. So, um, th- that's that's why I've always done the things that I that I've done. Like I said, when we first started, I only do what I want to do. Um, and so, when I was young, I decided I didn't want to work. <laughs> so I said, okay. I don't want to work. I don't want to work for anything. I don't want to work for money. I don't want to work for love. I don't want to work for acceptance. I don't want to work for any of that shit. You know, Um, I believe that I'm I'm deserving and and worthy of all of those things. And so I'll just um, focus on putting myself in the space to receive that, you know. And that was way more fun for me. So uh, I found that when you and you hear this all the time when you truly love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life and all that kind of stuff, which is easy to say when, you know, you're not hungry, you know? Um, and believe me, I've been hungry, <laughs> you know, I've, yeah, I've been, I've been homeless. Yeah. I lived in my car. Uh, I had yeah. to, you know, send my son to my son away for a little bit um, until I got back on my feet um, at, and I think I told you guys this a little while ago. I was a stripper. I danced. Yeah. I was, um, I was in the clubs for probably like four years. Mm-hmm. Um, until I made enough money to start my business. And but even that wasn't work for me. I was probably the the most stuck up stripper in the club. <laughs> stuck up. I just, you know, it was, you know, when you when you work in the club, there, there's there's unspoken rules. And there's, there's things that you do as a dancer. There's a way that you behave as a dancer for the most part, you know, Um, and to make your money, there's, there's things that you got to do. Well, again, I don't want to work. So I avoided all of those things. I would come in and I would order my little shrimp scampi and my hot tea (laughs) And I I would sit there and eat my food because I work day shift. I never worked. Well, there's a few times I worked night shift for like parties and stuff, but um, I only worked day shift um, because I had my son and I needed to be available to pick him up after school. So I would come in and it would be about 11 o'clock or whatever. And I'd order my shrimp scampi and my tea and I'd sit there and I'd watch CNN (laughs) on the big screen and eat my food and when it was time for me to go on stage I went on stage and I did the damn thing but when I was up there it was all about me you know like this is for me this ain't for y'all you know so I would get up there and I would do my thing and I always had um you know I tipped the DJ extra so he would always play from my CD all my songs my special songs and I would just zone out and I'd be grinding on the floor and touching myself and doing all this (laughs) stuff and just loving on me and half the time guys would have to be like hey excuse me they would actually have to say something because they'd be standing there with their little money and i don't even (laughs) even see them because i'm so in love with myself yeah i'm not even paying any attention i'm like oh okay grab the money and then go on back to the loving on me and then again you know there's there's these little unspoken behaviors. But when a guy tips you on stage, typically when you get off stage, you go and see, you know, if he wants to dance or if you can get more money out of him. Not I you. get off stage and go back to my shrimp scampi. <laughs> <laughs> Not you. I'm like, he gave me $5. I ain't going to see what he's about. <laughs> I'm going back to my shrimp scampi. But... Um, what ended up happening for me is um, because of the way I carried myself, because um, I ne- I didn't drink alcohol, um, guys would, that was another thing, guys would always buy you drinks, buy the girls drinks, but I would always decline, I don't drink, um, but you can pay my tip out if you want to do something, you know, uh, things like that. But the, just the way that I carried myself, the way that I spoke, I ended up... Um, with a handful of clients, and all of these clients were doctors, lawyers, businessmen, things like that. So they would bring clients in for lunch, or they would come in with their their colleagues for lunch, and I would sit there and have a conversation with them. I would talk to them about my travels, you know, about you know different places in the world. We would talk about politics. I would you know tell talk about you know current events and things like that. And they're like, "What are you doing
1: here?" <laughs> like, I know, what, right? You know? But
2: because I wasn't trying to push up on them and have this mindset of I need to get money out of you, you know? Yeah. They, they gravitated towards me. You know, it was more like, well, she act like she don't need me. She act like she don't want my money. Let me see what's going on here. Why won't you take my money? You know? And then you're like, okay, fine. I'll take your money. Thank you. Bye. You know? But I, I anything, can relate like, I to that on, you know <laughs> yeah like, anything that you focus on and you like chase after and all it that it continues to run away from you you know but when you just relax and just live your truth and love on yourself and I can relate. I, I mean I'm so busy loving me they're wondering well damn she's she's so in love with herself. Maybe I need to find out what's so special about herself. Yeah. Maybe I'm missing out. You know, she ignoring me to pay attention to herself. (laughs) She must be pretty damn special. (laughs) You know, that's absolutely um, true. I, I was fortunate during the time that I was working. um, I I built up a, a handful of clients and they would show up. They would have lunch they would you know pay me a couple hundred each um to sit there and have lunch and talk they never got dances because most of them were married or going back to the office so they didn't want our bath and body work spray I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> all over themselves so um you know they would give me whatever and you know i, I walked out of there with enough to pay my bills for the month you know right. so would, like it was fine and I started saving. And as soon as I saved up to my goal, um, I think it was like 14 grand or something like that, whatever I needed to start my business. Once I got that, I I left. And I actually went back to the club that I used to work at like a year later. I remember I was leaving. It was my last day. And one of the bouncers, I said, it's my last day, y'all. I'm leaving. You know, peace out. And the guy says, oh, you'll be back. They always come back. And I was like, mm, you don't know me. So <laughs> I actually went back. And when I went back, he was still there. And he was like, see, I told you, you'll always come back. And I was like, well, this time I'm making triple the amount of money I made before. And I'm keeping my clothes on. And I actually did, they were having a circus thing event. And they wanted circus performers. And so I went back to the same club, but uh, for one night, but in, I was in a totally different capacity. I was doing aerial and fire eating and um, it it was great, but, you know, uh, there's, to me, there's no shame, you know, in what I do or what I've done. Um, Once again, I do what I want. Um, (laughs) So that's what I wanted to do. And I did that. And I'm very proud of what I did, especially the way that I did it, because I did it on my terms. Um, it was unfortunate to see um, a lot of my sisters in there, um, you know, under a pimp or under mm-hmm. influence or, you know, all these different things. And I, it, it was really sad to see and you do what you can to help, you know, but um I was really happy that I went in there the way that I did and I carried myself the way that I did and I was able to get out the way that I did because right. there were people there that had been there since they were 18 and they were in their 40s. and you know that's that's just that's just their life and that and that might be okay for them. you know there's nothing yeah. there's nothing wrong with that if that's what you do. Um, but it wasn't for me. Um, it wasn't the atmosphere that I wanted to stay in. So, um, when I got my money, I got out and I started my business doing exactly what I really wanted to do. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I know that you are, um, where did you get the name Prima Witch from?
2: So, um, yeah, so I am a witch. Um, I do consider myself a witch. Uh, I know that Today, actually, today that word is a little bit nicer than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's um, it's not as dirty as it used to be. Um, I've always I, I come from uh, a family of witches, um, so that was never anything weird or, or strange or, or terrible to me. Um, but I did have to keep that to myself. It wasn't something, you know, that you proclaim to the world, at least not back then. Uh, but now it's a little bit nicer. Now everybody's a witch. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, but so the that's where obviously witch is witch. Um, and as far as my understanding and my um, uh, way of practicing, a witch is um, simply using... Uh, nature and energy to manifest change in your life, whatever that may be. And there's lots of, there's like millions of different ways to be a witch because it's an individual practice. Um, It's a familial practice. So maybe whatever your grandparents did, you know, you might do, or you might find some stuff on your own that works for you. Uh, But it's a a very uh, personal practice. So whatever using energy or nature in whatever capacity to create and manifest change in your life, whatever that change might be, um, is witchcraft. So, um, even spell, spell casting or spell crafting, um, back in the day was just simply speaking, you know, if you say, I hate you, I hope you die. Well, that's a spell. You just cast it upon that person's energy field, you know, you know, back in the day when our grandparents say, you know, stop stop acting like you sick or stop playing. You don't play with wheelchairs. You don't play with yes. crutches. You don't, you know, because all of that is sending a signal out to an energetic signal out to the universe that, oh, mm-hmm. she's playing with crutches, so she must be hurt.
1: Well, yeah. she's not
2: hurt, so let's make sure she gets hurt, you know, so that everything can be in alignment. Um, because our universe is always um, seeking equilibrium. So if you're out of that, then it's going to do whatever it needs to do to get you back into that, which is why, you know, um, you hear a lot of people talking about, you know, using your words to create your, um, your world, you know, don't say negative things, using affirmations every day, uh, praying, all these different things, praying. I mean, how long has that been around? (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. people do that in different religions or um, you know, religious practices. And it's just simply putting that out to the universe, to the source, to God, to whatever you want to call um, your source, and asking for that to be, you know, received back onto you. So it's all spell crafting, it's all witchcraft, it's all manifesting, it's all creation. How, whatever word, whatever label you want to put on it is what it is for you. Um, it's all the same stuff. We just have different names. It is. I do well, especially when I first started
0: this, um, the podcast and this setting. I always told everyone I practice law of attraction because I noticed my words, my words. I used to say I can't or I'm tired. I used to say a lot of things that used to happen to me. And then we're not great things. But once I started following law of attraction, and my 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 bestie, my girlfriend, she tells me, never say that you are broke because you're not broken. So stop yep. saying you're broke. Yeah. So I start, I stopped and I started saying temporarily out of funds. <laughs> I I don't remember saying ever saying that since she told me that.
1: That's since awesome. she told me that,
0: I have never been able to say that. And I am temporarily out of funds. I swear to you, like the next day I have funds. Mm-hmm. So I manifest the words that are coming out of my mouth and it happens, but it just took one day. Yeah, One day I just said to myself, I can't do this anymore. And I really needed to change my ways and change my words, change my actions. And it happened. My business got better. Um, then all of a sudden I had this and I said, I never wanted to do YouTube. I never wanted to do nothing. <laughs> and it just happened one day. It just happened. So I definitely believe in your words. And even if it's a spell craft or whatever you want to call it, I mm-hmm. definitely believe your words are very powerful.
2: Absolutely.
0: Very, very, very powerful. I mean,
2: even, um. I didn't I didn't grow up in um the Christian practice um but I do know there's I think in the beginning of the Bible when uh God created the world with the power of the word right didn't and there's something like that like let there be light and there was light or yep. you know <laughs> so if that's how you know what you believe and I'm only using Christianity because it's the 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 most most yeah yeah um then why can't you, you know? Why can't you call light into existence in your world? Why can't you create an earth in your own space, you know? So I, I agree with you. It's it's very powerful. Very, very powerful.
0: So I'm gonna share some of your photos.
1: Um. Um,
2: you know what? Um, I We got backwards. So that was the witch, the prema part, Oh. <laughs> prema actually um, is a Sanskrit word. It means divine love. Um, and it was the first mantra that I received when I was very young. Um, my mother woke us up at like 4 a.m. every day for our um, prayers and chanting mantras and sitting at the altar and, you know, all these different things that we had uh, going on in our house. And that was the first mantra that I received when I was younger. And it, it's aham prema. And you would just chant this over and over and over again. Um, and it just means I am divine love. I am divine love. I am divine love. And so that's what I learned when I was younger. And so that's that's who I am. That's a part of me is that prema, that divine love. So um, prema, which is witch of divine love. So that's how that's Oh,
1: started. that's so
0: dope. The the um other thing about that is you said that your family um practice, it was your mom and your dad and your whole entire family and your household or not my
2: entire family. I did not grow up with my father in the house. Um he was very much a part of my life, but um, they divorced when I was very young. Um, so this was mostly my mother. Um, I didn't find, I didn't get things from my grandmother until much later because, um, in her time, it was not even, um, a nasty word to use, which, but it was a dangerous word to use. Um, back in her day, if you were called a witch, you could, you know, easily, um, come to harm because of the fear that was ingrained you know into people at that time about witchcraft or voodoo um uh you know all these different practices so if you even looked like you were mixing some herbs or you said something under your breath or whatever the case may be somebody oh she's a witch she's a witch you know she's doing all this because which was not a good thing. You could only be doing things of evil and darkness and, you know, all these horrible things. If you were a witch, there was no positivity in it at all. Um, So you had to be very quiet about that. And because that's how she grew up and possibly even how her mom grew up. um, She wasn't very open, you know, even when it was just us. So I didn't find out things or learn things until I was much older, um, with her. So it was mostly my mom when I first uh, was my first experience. My first um, practices were learned when I was little, and you know, you're little, you're you're in elementary school, and your mom's waking you up at three, four o'clock in the morning to go sit at the altar and chant or pray or whatever and you're like oh my god this is the stupidest thing ever i just (laughs) want to go to bed you know but um as you get older and you start to see different things play out um different things start to make sense like why is she rubbing this egg all over me you know and then you're like oh okay that's what that is or why do i have to take a bath with these stupid flowers (laughs) you know (laughs) and then when you get older you're like oh you know some some stuff was happening earlier today at work. I don't want to bring that home. I need to take a bath with the flowers, you know? So it, it kind of became a thing as I got older. And then especially when I had my own son, um, yes. I wanted to pass all that down to him. And um, he took to it like a fish out. I think he'd been here before, like at least a few times. <laughs> because he he was very interested right from jump. I never had to ask. I never had to push. He was like you know, I'm, I'm learning these Egun prayers. I'm, you know, learning these chants. I'm, you know, doing these meditations. I mean, even today he's, he's 19 and he'll call me and he's like, mom, I I just found this new meditation and da, 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 you got to do it for like two hours. I'm going to do it for 40 days and see what happens and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. oh, wow. You know? So it's like, All all these different, you know, things came about when I had my own son. I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to remember the things that I was taught before and the practices and, you know, you become another person when you have a child because you want to become the best version of yourself so that they can pick up on that. So it was a blessing for me because it reignited all of that in me. So like, okay, now I got to get up every morning. I got to set an example. He has to hear me praying. He has to hear me chanting. He has to, you know, see that when something goes wrong, I don't get upset, but I go, you know, and talk to our ancestors and, you know, light candles and do whatever and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he'll see all that and see the positive um, outcome of all of that and be like, oh, okay, maybe I'll try that. Yes. Um, because you never, again, it's a personal practice. So you never want to push anybody into it or force it or say my way is the right way or Absolutely. any of that, you know. So I was really happy that he, he took to it because it made that's like a little cool. bit easier. I didn't have to, to push him. He'd wake his own self up at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. to go and pray, so.
0: Wow, that's because of the way you did it. We did it, uh, and not force them because yeah. a lot of a lot of Christians, I'm going to say Christians, or even Catholics, uh, a lot of us, because I'm going to say myself included, we were forced to wake up every single Sunday, and then you go to Sunday school, then you got to go to uh, Bible study, and then you got to go to choir practice. So you you're forced to do all of this instead of um, living the example. Mm-hmm. And and I'm going to say that because sometimes I did not have that example. Sometimes, you know, they would say you have to go to school. You have to go do this. You have to do that. But they didn't do it all the time themselves. So the fact that you did it and it was a, uh, you know, repetitious thing in your son sort, that's a great way. I think that that is the reason why he adapted to it more, maybe. I don't
2: know. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a lot, well it was for me, it was a lot easier to live by example than it was to, you know, lead by force. Because that's a lot of work, a lot of energy, a lot of expectation, a lot of um you know, unfulfilled, you know, hopes and dreams and all these different things like, oh, I yeah. want my kid to be like this. I want him to do this, so I'm gonna push him and do this and do that. And um We forget that our children are humans first. Yeah. They don't belong to us. They're not ours. You know, we're simply in charge of, you know, helping them along the way. That is our only job. You cannot, you know, force anybody to do anything. Um, but we look at our children because they're young and they don't know and all of that. Well, we got to get in there and tell them what to do and tell them this and tell them that And you need to do this. You need to do that. No, you, you need to be this way. Don't be that way. When we rarely stop and ask them who they are, who they think they are, who they want to be, you know, what it is that they want to do, how they see themselves. Um, what makes them happy, you know, what makes them sad, what don't they like, you know, and. i um, so
0: happy you saying that because that's something I didn't get, but that's something I did.
1: Mm-hmm. something
0: I do. I have two boys. One is 21 and one is 11. And whatever I learn, I'm learning from the 21 year old, I'm trying to do with the 11 year old but it's one thing i do always ask like what do you want to do what is it mm-hmm. that you feel when he asked me certain things like should he get the shot what do you feel you're you're 21 now like yeah. can't you can't ask mommy i need to know what do you want to do mm-hmm. well, what do you feel why do you want to take it or why don't you want to take it so that's some, I'm so glad you said that because that's something i do and i actually question myself sometimes like his father used to say, he's the child, he's the child, but
2: he has feelings too. Absolutely. <laughs> he's a human being. He is a person. He is a sovereign spirit, you know, and if you go against that, that's when you have these, you know, rebellions and these, you know, issues and attitudes and all these different things um, to where then you're put in a position of, okay, do I need, do I need to beat him? Do I need to start taking stuff away and punishing him? And then you've gone into a whole nother realm of negativity, which can traumatize or have lasting effects, whether it be something as simple as, you know, them carrying that mark on their spirit. um, Yeah. Or or all the way up to now they become abusers themselves later on in life. You don't, we don't know how that plays out. My point is um, it is not necessary, you know, when you, uh, when they, when somebody feels heard, when they feel relevant, when they are validated, you know, when their feelings are allowed to be expressed and felt and not judged, you see a totally different person, you know? Yes, Yes, we have some people out here that need their ass whooped. You know, (laughs) we got some kids out here that need their ass whooped. But where does that come from, you know? Where did that start? Right, Because I started with my son when he was, before he got here, you know, Um, I prayed for him. I told my source exactly what I wanted in a child, who I wanted in a child, um, what type of person, you know, I wanted to, excuse me. Bless you. (laughs) Bless you. Um, what type of person I wanted to help guide and raise. You know, I wanted someone who um, was was open-minded, was creative, was a caring, loving soul, somebody who would um, be open to, you know, spirituality and metaphysics and things like that. Somebody that I could share with and all these different right. things. And I started that before he was born. And then when he was in my womb, I pray there's a very, um, there's two specific mantras. Um, One is uh, for inviting a enlightened soul to come into your womb. Another one is um, to just uh, illuminate the light within that soul. So I pray those two mantras every single day while I was pregnant. While I was pregnant, I only wore specific colors. Um, there were some colors I completely stayed away from because of the energy of those colors. There were people I completely stayed away from. I only ate certain foods. Um, I only lit certain things into my body. I only lit certain people into my space. There were certain things I didn't even watch on television. My music oh, wow. everything because I took it upon myself Is this is my... Um, job. this is what I wanted. I wanted the role as a guide for this soul to come into this world and be the have the best experience possible. The least I can do is make these changes within myself to to receive this blessing. And so he was loved. he was a blessing. He was you know sh- sh- shaped and all of that before he even got here. So then when he did come out, I just continued that same practice, you know, because I saw him as this being. I didn't see him as this child that didn't know anything. And I got to tell him everything to do. And it's my job to insert myself into his life and my beliefs and all of this into his life. I accepted him for who he was, and um, so asking him, "Who who are you? What do you want? What would you like to do?" You know, and again, also remembering that he is a child, so you give him these things, you know, in a safe space. So, what would you like to eat tonight? We have this, and we have this. These are your two choices. So he still gets a choice but he ain't gonna ask for no damn cookies and ice cream. Right. For for dinner, (laughs) you know? Right. You can have have salmon, you can have, you know, this mushroom concoction, whatever you want. You know, these are the options. Feel free to choose. You know, when he got upset, when he was angry, um, another thing I hear all the time, and it just hurts my heart, is people telling their kids, stop all that crying, stop acting, you know, stop being mad fix your face, all this kind of stuff. And so they're never allowed to express themselves. They're never allowed to feel the feelings of pain, of sadness, of whatever, um, because we cut them off from that. And so it builds up and it comes out in other ways, whether it be behavioral issues or they bully other kids, you know, whether it be their sisters and brothers or kids at school, Or, you know, maybe they just withdraw completely and they become, you know, a little bit more angsty. You know, all these different things because they're unable to express themselves, unable to let that out and to feel heard and say, okay, I understand that you're upset that mommy won't let you eat a whole box of Skittles. However, (laughs) this is what we're going to do. You are more than welcome to to feel these feelings and to be upset. But in this space, this is a space of peace. This is a space of happiness. This is a space of joy. So if you need to leave that space to have that experience, feel free to go and do that. Go to your room. You can punch a pillow. You can turn some music on. You can cry. You can do whatever it is you want. And when you're done, when you feel like you've gotten all that out and you're expressed, come back to the happy place and you can join the rest of us because what you're not going to do is destroy this happy space with your anger because you're upset. But you are allowed to feel those feelings. You are a human. You are allowed to express those feelings.
0: Well, where were you when my son was like little? (laughs) I didn't say all of that. I, I, I said what I was told. And what I was told was exactly what you say. Like, stop that crying. Like, stop this, stop that. Um, what changed my behavior towards my kids and, and is because I did not want that to keep happening. It's almost like a generational curse.
1: Yeah, we absolutely need to
2: stop
0: the generational
2: curse.
1: Absolutely. And
0: that's what made me stop it because I noticed it was the pattern that kept happening over and over and over again. So mm-hmm. I noticed I would say certain things. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I did say stop that crying or stop being a baby or stop doing this or stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, the older I got, the more I realized I have boys and it's
2: okay to cry. Absolutely. It's absolutely. Okay. And I absolutely. tell them. It's okay to cry. It's okay to express yourself. It's okay to talk about your feelings. Yes. All of these things. But but then we we get these men, we get these husbands, we get these boyfriends, and they don't want to talk about shit. They don't want to communicate. They don't want to express themselves. They won't tell you what's happening yep. in their head. They, you know, they're holding on to, to pain and trauma because they've never cried. And right. we wonder why. We wonder why. Yeah. You know, if we instill that from the very beginning, what do you, th- if you put shit in, what do you think is going to come out? Rainbows ain't going to come out when you put shit in. Shit's yeah. going to
1: we, We're
0: just doing basically what we were taught, what we went through, thinking that's the right way. Like, I still hear nowadays that people, and I just had this conversation with my girlfriend about this. Be, uh, about parents who beat their kids. I don't have to beat my kids. I don't. And I hear it's not wrong with beating your kids. I don't have to though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't
2: have to. Right. I it's can almost like to my it's kids. A, it's a thing like you supposed to, or if you don't, something's wrong. Like, you know, like almost like it's a rite of passage to get your butt whooped. With a switch or something, you know, and like I said earlier, you know, there are some kids and some people that need an ass whooping. However, what led up to that, you know, I, I would, I would probably, you know, feel comfortable saying that that could have been avoided had there been, you know, a, a different foundation laid from the very start. You don't start, you know, having these conversations or allowing um, your children to be who they are when they're, like, teenagers. You know, it's too late. You don't start to uh, have that disciplinary energy when they're, like, 11 and 12. It's too late. Yeah. You know, when my son was two months old and he would grab my glasses or grab my necklace or something like that, i tap his little little hand and we don't do that
1: mm-hmm. two months mm-hmm.
2: by the time he was two years old all I had to do was look at Miguel and he would stop and just sit. Mm-hmm. he didn't know what he did he didn't know what was <laughs> her mommy say his yep. name and he knew okay whatever it was I'm just gonna stop everything and, and sit down yeah you know? and I never I never had to do any of that because you set this foundation from the start, you know. Um you're trying to, you know, they're two and three or whatever. Oh, it's okay. Oh, that's fine, oh he's just a baby.
1: Then, no.
2: then you're, then you, then you're faced with the issue of having to whoop his ass when he's eight years old. <laughs> he yes, was doing the same stuff he was doing when he was two, when you thought it was cute, or when he was eight months old and you thought it was cute. And I'm not saying you gotta don't be, you know, slapping your eight month old. I'm just yeah. for being like <laughs> my baby at two, three months old would grab things or do things, and I, you know, just just to get his attention. And no. We're not doing that, and they don't know the words, but they know the energy. They know mommy's face changed. You know? Yeah, yeah. you will be
0: surprised.
1: With, there's an energy you know, behind yes. that, and we
2: don't like that energy. So if, yeah, if me grabbing her glasses causes her to give me that type of energy, I don't want that. I'm not gonna do that anymore. And right. Real quick. And so it was really easy to discipline him. So when he was eight and nine years old, and Decided he didn't want to eat his sandwiches at school anymore, so he started hiding them under his bed. (laughs) And I went in his room and found twenty six molded ass sandwiches under his bed.
1: (laughs) What you do? What you do? Then we
2: had the talk. Like, okay, you know, in my heart, I was like, this
1: motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. Have my damn clothes off so you can eat fucking <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was angry, you know, but i I knew that uh, I looked at any time that there was um, a, a, a need for disciplinary action. It was an opportunity, you know, for me to teach. It was not an opportunity for me to release my anger because that, and this is just my opinion. I'm just speaking for myself. I in no way, shape or form speak for anybody else or criticize the way people raise their children. This is strictly for me. For me, if I whoop you in that moment, it is simply so that I can feel better. It doesn't teach you anything. I'm not spanking you because I'm angry at what you did and so I'm releasing my anger I'm releasing my emotion against you by hitting you because I'm upset you pissed me off you did something I didn't like I told you not to do this and you did it anyway so now I'm angry and I'm going to take that anger out on you it does not teach anything but fear that's all it teaches Mm -hmm. so for me It was not an opportunity to release that anger. I went and meditated. I went and had a nice cup of tea. I I think I even took a nap, actually, because I was really pissed off. Um, And then I came back and I called him into my room. And I'm like, "Okay, this is what I found. This is what's happening. I'm I'm not even going to give you an opportunity to lie to me because I already know what you did. So there's no point in asking you. Yeah. Um, what I really wanna know is why did you do this? You know, did you not like the sandwiches? Um, you know, did you I you know, because when children do crazy shit like that, there's no logic. There is none. You can yeah. ask them yeah. anyways till Sunday, why did you do this and all this? And they'll come up with a well, I don't know, or uh, you I, know, it's never gonna be an answer that's satisfactory because there is no logic. So there's no there point in even putting them in that position to piss you off even more by giving you dumb answers. So we're not even gonna go there. What I wanna know is, you know, did you not like the sandwiches? Like what's going on? And I say things in a way that he feels safe to actually give me the truth. Because another thing is we usually attack our children. You know, we're like, why did you do this? What the fuck is wrong with you? How did you you know? are you gonna tell the truth in a space like that? No, you're gonna say whatever's I do the same with my, old, there, my right? youngest.
0: Yeah, my youngest. And I'm say like, whatever ever.
2: it takes to get out of that situation. Yep. And with that that little baby brain of theirs, it ain't much. It's always something dumb. <laughs> you know, so mm-hmm. it's like it's gonna be a lie, it's gonna be some dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. So don't even put them in that position or yourself in that position to get pissed off. Let's let's talk about this and again i've done i've done all of my work i've meditated i took a nap i had some tea i talked to my 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 ancestors like okay how do i you know give me the strength you know and i go into the situation and create a safe space i'm calm i'm let him know look i am upset you're not in trouble what i need to know is how do we get beyond this because me spanking him isn't going to make those sandwiches go away. Mm-mm. Me spanking him is not going to give me the money back from those sandwiches. So, because there's nothing I can do to change that situation, there's no point in giving it any energy. Right. We are here right now today. Let's move forward. We can't go backwards. We, right. we it's physically energetically impossible. So, let's how do we go forward so that this doesn't happen again? Tell Mommy what's going on. Come to find out He didn't like baloney.
1: Oh, he
2: just had to tell you. (laughs) He didn't like baloney. And he was afraid to tell me because he, I told him, and this is the craziest thing. And this is what you find out when you allow your children to actually speak to you and you create a safe space so that they feel hurt. He told me there was a, there, I think there was like a story or something I told him about when I was younger and we used to eat fried bologna sandwiches. And I thought it was the greatest thing in the world. And I love me some fried bologna sandwiches and all this kind of stuff. And so when I bought him bologna, he thought that if he told me he didn't like bologna, that it would hurt my feelings.
1: What? That's not now, my son.
2: Now, <laughs> now, think about that, right? Yes. You pissed because you find like 30 damn sandwiches under this bed and you like, oh, no, he about to get his ass whooped for this. Like, you done wasted my money and it's stank in here. Like, no. And come to find out it was just because he didn't like baloney and he didn't want to tell me because he didn't want to hurt my feelings. Yeah. And I'm about to come in here and beat him for that.
0: That's just like know. my little one.
2: You don't know mm-hmm. until you allow them a safe space to to be honest with you and to tell you the truth. And what happens is when that becomes common practice, you don't have to worry about it. They will start to come to you ahead of time, right? And that's what you know. He he decided at eleven that he didn't want to go to bed at eight o'clock anymore so he came to me and said mom um i'm a little older um i think i should have a later bedtime you know blah 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 negotiated his whole thing he wasn't staying up later without my permission you know none of that he decided that's what he wanted to do so to get what he wanted he came and spoke to me and stated his case as to why he should be allowed to do this and the benefits or whatever he thought the benefits were he could get more homework done you know, uh, whatever it was and I said okay, you came to me like that you were honest, you stated a case, you seemed like you thought it out pretty well before you came to me sure, you can stay up you know, till 9 o'clock now but the moment I wake you up and you give me a hard time you going back to bed bed And no problem. He started going to bed at nine or nine. I can't remember when it was. He woke up before me. He actually started setting his alarm on his own to wake himself up because he knew that if um, he got caught not waking up or him in and hawing or sighing or whatever, when I woke him up, he was going back to eight. So he did what he needed to do. He started to self-regulate, you know. Um, But again that it it takes effort, you know, you don't get days off. You don't have moments where you've had a rough day and you're tired. And so you don't want to have these conversations. You you allow yourself to be emotional instead of logical with, you know, with your little one. Um, You you don't get days off like that as a mom. And it's unfortunate um, because sometimes you do need that. Uh, So another thing for me is teaching my son to have self-care days, self-care time, personal time, personal space, because when I teach him to do that for himself, I get my own time. He's in his room journaling, listening to his music. So guess what? I get to go take a bubble bath and, you know, deep condition my hair in silence because he's doing his self-care because... You know Now he sees, okay, this is important. This is a special time. This is what we do. And now it's kind of funny because he has a girlfriend and he, I don't want to put his business out there because it's not mine to give, but um, I'll just say that he started to do little things for her and with her. And she actually said to him, like, who are you? Like, this isn't real. Aww. This isn't normal. <laughs> you know, he's like, you know, well, it's important that you you have this or, you you know, whatever the case may be. But they were lessons that he learned in, in seeing me as a woman valuing my time and valuing my space and putting All up, right. you know, blockers to say, no, this is my time. This is my space. This is my personal whatever. And you get to have yours as well. Because that's another thing we don't do. We, we tend don't. not to allow our yeah. kids to have personal space. This is my house. You know, everything in there is mine. Well, that's not fair. <laughs> how does that, how would that make you feel? It's crazy because I
0: do it not realizing what, how you're saying it. I, don't, I didn't realize how it really does affect. I only did it because I wanted something different.
1: Mm-hmm. I wanted
0: to do something different than what I was brought up. And I did it with just the little one. The older one, I was young and it was, I'm trying to do what my mother did with me. But the little one, I, he's like, I call him my miracle baby. He wore, he, they told me I couldn't have kids. I had breast cancer. I had so much chemo that my ovary shut down. And they said, I couldn't have any kids and he came. So I call him my miracle baby. Yeah. And I also had a baby before him that passed. So when I had him, I'm like, this is my special baby. This is the baby that's like, so I I realized that he really is my special baby because he's teaching me. He teaches me so much. Mm -hmm. He don't realize it, but just not too long ago, he wasn't doing his homework. I understood. It was a reason why my son is not a bad child
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and he likes to speak his emotions and stuff so when i noticed he wasn't doing his homework i knew it wasn't because he just didn't want to do it he didn't understand and the teacher was getting mad at him this just happened yesterday she was getting mad at him and she would say this is not sixth grade work and she had put it in like big, big capital um, and like yelling at her. Mm
1: -hmm. And it,
0: it made me so upset. Like I was ready to go at her. Right. Because you told me as a teacher, when school first started, the school that your son came from, do not prepare the kids for middle school. You told me that. I knew it, but you told me that. So the fact that you're telling me that, and you're saying you're not writing in sixth grade, um, you're not you're not writing sk- sixth grade work, it bothered me because my thing is instead of saying that, help him, help Absolutely. him so that he's able to write. Right. So I sent her this wrong message. Yes, I was angry. <laughs> I didn't say any bad words or anything, but I was very angry, and I and I said to her. Like, this is something you said to me and I appreciate it so much. You as his teacher, if you can just help him and not do that to him. Because now mm-hmm. it, my son, he reacts and he's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it because anything I write, she's going to say is not sixth grade. And I had to tell her that I had to tell her that.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: had to say, like, you can't do that to him. So I had him write what was in his mind. Yeah. Don't be disrespectful, but whatever is in your your brain, write it. How do you feel about what she just said? Because mm-hmm. basically it was right about what this picture said. The picture said um something about I'm not waiting for you or something like that or no, I'm not wasting your time or stop wasting my time. And that, and that could go wow. real quick. Yeah, that's what it was about. Wow. Stop wasting my time. So I told him write it and he did it and when he wrote it that's what I mean about this little one man he's so special he basically said I sometimes feel like I don't have anything in my mind so sometimes I feel like I'm wasting your time by putting these things so if I put what's in my brain which is nothing and you're yelling at me I'm it's not going to, I'm not going to be able to put anything. Mm-hmm. So this is why I don't do it. But I need you to help me put the words inside so that I can know how to put it. So I mm-hmm. can tell you. Now, I didn't say it word from word, but that's basically what he was saying. And he um, apologized.
2: And how beautiful is that? Like. I I as parents, you got to advocate for your kids. You do. You really...
0: That was privately to just him. That wasn't supposed to be for me to see, but I watch. Mm -hmm. I have to sometimes. Not all teachers are bad, but some teachers, they don't realize. They think because we're in this urban area that we all are this... Because at one point, you thought I was like really, 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 really young. And I had this really... Young kid, it doesn't matter if I was really, really young in my twenties or not i'm forty two but it does mm-hmm. not matter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's still my child, and I don't need you to disrespect him like that again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do your job, just do your job. you're supposed to help not not put that in his brain and that made me so upset. I was so human and and I'm a parent advocate like I'm a real advocate, like I'm suing the state. That's how much I am advocating for the not just mine I advocate for everybody so she she knows I don't play that
2: (laughs) and see that that is that is a beautiful thing for him to see you know for you to have taken things and and done done things the way that you did with having him write this and and finding out what was really going on with him and seeing that it's okay to have these feelings and have these the these expressions of feelings and also to know that the person who is governing him will protect him you know when he sees that you know she's got my back that i'm worth protecting my feelings are worth protecting you know all of these these different things go along with seeing you advocate for him if you just tell him you need to do better or you side with the teacher, or even if you don't side with the teacher, but then you don't do anything about it, that gets internalized, because we always try to make sense of the things that happen to us and around us. And so he's going to come up with whatever reason fits for him at the time, whether it's it's, he's not worth it, he maybe, you know, you agree with the teacher and you think he's, he's not smart or whatever the case may be, your silence is going to say something to him just as loud as your action is going to say something to him. So I think that that is wonderful and beautiful that you have taken it that in that direction, because he sees that he is worth protecting that he is intelligent and that um, when somebody is having a hard time, this is how you react that, you know, you don't, beat them down you don't make them feel less than you raise them up you help them you guide them you you give to them and he carries that energy as well just from seeing how you react to it so if he comes across someone who's having a hard time instead of bullying them or making fun of them he'll reach out a hand he'll be the one protecting him protecting that person and saying you guys stop bullying this person you know, or whatever the case may be because he's right. your example. Right. Oh,
0: he's standing right here. He heard me talking about. <laughs> he heard me talking about. But um, it's like, all right, we're gonna look at the pictures because I know said that like 45 minutes ago. <laughs> I know, right? But I got so into the conversation. <laughs> uh let me share the screen. Okay, so this is what you were talking about.
2: Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this was um, a show in Detroit. Most of my my work, uh, my later work, was done in Detroit uh, because that was after I started my business and I started to be um, an independent performer. Um, I, was, I did actual circus work for about two years, um, but because of my son... Um, I also homeschooled uh, for a while, uh, so I needed to be available to him because that was more important to me than anything else, so I wanted to be a very active um, person in his life, so I started taking smaller events and jobs and, and doing performances um, around the city so that I could be with him more, so anyway. This long, is so beautiful, but yeah, this was um, one of the smaller events that I did in Detroit. The um, let me see. I think I burned my hair at that part. At that, event. oh, you did. <laughs> there, look. There was one. I think it was this show. I did a um a, a fire trick. It's this particular trick where you take the flame and you light your tongue on fire. And then you take the unlit torch and put it to your mouth to light the new torch. So it's called a fire transfer. So I did this and I don't, I don't know what I did wrong, but I had um, my hair was much longer and one of my curls burnt clean off, like straight through the middle of this curl. And there was like this, Cute little ringlet just laying on the stage. Oh, stop! And I saw oh. It, and I was like, "Oh shit! I burned my hair!" Oh my god! But, <laughs> you know, but I'm in the middle of the show, so I have to stay poised and, you know, still carry on. So I'm in my head. I'm like, "God damn it! Oh god damn it! Oh god damn it!" Like, I'm thinking, like, "Am I still on fire? You know, like, <laughs> is there something else?" So I'm like doing all these moves. To like oh my god. My hair's still on fire. And this guy, I'm walking <laughs> on stage and this guy picks up my curl and he said, "You left your shit." And he... <laughs> <laughs> I was mortified. Oh <laughs> my god. So that was fun.
0: So th- you made this?
2: Yeah, that was um when I first it, and this is funny because I was a dancer um in the clubs for four years, but I never did one single pole trick. <laughs> Again, wow. I, was, I was I was not there to work. So um This is I, knit, right? That is um a combination of knit and crochet. So okay. after um once the pandemic hit, um I started pole dancing because I was I was just trying to find ways to stay active. Because before this, I was going to the gym like six days a week. And, um, you know, I was practicing, you know, uh, six days, six, seven days a week. And I was teaching like eight classes a week and having like three shows every weekend. So it was like I was fit, you know. And when all the gyms closed and the parks closed and everything closed, I had no way of exercising. So uh, my partner uh, bought me a pole and I started pole dancing. And it was weird, again, because I've been around poles for a while, but I never did any pole tricks. So this is the first <laughs> time that I'm, like, actually using the pole. And I wanted to, uh, of course, make some cute little outfits for myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, have, like, little booty shorts and and things that expose my midriff. Because you use um, your skin as, like, sticking points. Uh, so oh, really? so I so yeah so I made that um the top is knit and the the shorts are crochet that is actually a pattern that I tested for someone and I um ended up doing my own thing with it (laughs) so I
0: think they are too cute it's really cute
2: thank you
0: and oh, this yeah that was another one cute, granny square
2: <laughs> yeah i it was funny because i when i um saw the pattern i'm like granny squares <laughs> i know, <laughs> you know right but, um i was i saw it and i'm like okay how can we make this cute and you know i put my own little spin on it and uh yeah i ended up with some cool pole pole dance shorts <laughs> yeah so this is the yarn that i was talking
0: about um with the different textures,
2: yeah, I it's, it's, it's am the loving fun. it. Yeah, um, and this this comes out that that way. It, it doesn't look commercial at all um, because it's made from raw fiber. So when you get the yarn in the store, a lot of times it has man-made fibers in it, like acrylic, and not you know all these all these different um, fibers mixed in, mm-hmm. um, and even when it's a natural fiber, it's processed by machines. So it's processed very finely and evenly and they are mm-hmm. every single strand going in the exact same direction and all these different things. But when you do it by hand, you, you're unable to get that. So you end up with more of a raw look, more of like a, a puffy, a puffier look, um, more organic i think it is and i prefer that look um for most of the things that i make so, mm-hmm. so it was fun because i got to process the fiber um i i went out to the farm and i wrangled the sheep i wrestled that sheep down and get like, out
1: of here. Like, It
2: head butted me twice like it was <laughs> it was hard to get that fiber <laughs> and I, by the time I left the farm, I was covered in, in poop and grass stains and everything oh, else. And so was this really
0: was well work. worth it.
2: it. It was a lot of work. And I, I shaved the, they call it shearing. So I, I sheared the the sheep, got the fiber, processed the fiber, and dyed the fiber, and then spun it into yarn. So it's Cool.
0: Nice. <laughs> now this right here is cute because it's the red. The black and well, the green, the, the red, and the black. Yes. And you dyed that yourself?
2: Yes. So, this is actually um, a machine made yarn. Um, people who dye yarn tend to buy uh, what we call bare yarn or naked yarn, meaning mm-hmm. that it's either completely white or it's um, in its natural color, which is usually like an off white. Um, and you buy the yarn, and then you can dye it all these amazing colors. So this was one. Um, the way that I twisted it, it looks like the green and the red are together, but it's actually the black is the middle, and it's folded over. So oh. the red, it's, it's the red, black, and and green, um, which are the you know the pan African um, color, the same colors you right. see every African flag, but right. It was um, a color that I hadn't really seen um, before. And uh, yeah, so I was like, let me do something for the people. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, power to the people. Right. Okay, so did you you share the gold for this one?
2: (laughs) So I did for the gold one, but not, well, I take that back, the black one. Uh, black and brown, the majority of that, somebody else um, processed the fiber on their farm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so it still, it still went through the same process as I did, but I didn't actually do it. I bought it from someone who had actually done it already. The black part in that black and brown yarn did come from uh, one of the, it wasn't a sheep, it was a goat that that yarn came from, an Agora goat and uh oh no sorry not angora uh shetland a uh, shetland um gave me that fiber and then the gold one was completely uh my fiber that i got on my my own with the exception of i think there's like some sparkles in there that i mixed in so that's the only thing my uh, but that all of that is still still
0: now this look like cotton candy
2: I know, I love Rolex. So Rolex are a way of blending the fiber um, so that you can get cool color patterns. Um, and what you do is you unroll it and then you spin, you spin the yarn from the tip. Um, so it just makes it, it just makes it easier and more compact for you to hold it and spin from it and also to store it. Um, because if you take a bunch of different colors, And the thing that it's on with the little nails, you can see there that it's on a blending board. And you take the fiber and you paint the fiber onto the board and brush it through. And then you can add different colors and different fibers so that you get these cool mixes. And then you just roll it into these little cinnamon rolls and then you're able to spin the fiber um, into yarn off of that, so. It's just That's a way so to cool. add your layer to it before you spin it,
0: and this is the same way. Just
2: a little purple. Mm-hmm. Yep, those are just different colors that I added. This
1: is so
2: cool. That one's Miss Friends. <laughs> That's the one she takes. This is Miss Friends. The the one before it. The um the oh this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what Trent
0: got the good stuff. Yeah, it's (laughs) already
2: spoken for. She she (laughs) messaged me right
1: away. That's
0: what she was talking about. Okay. (laughs) Now this is cute. Yeah. That orange and yellow is the truth. The
2: the orange and yellow was an accident. (laughs) And um it it ended up being a happy accident. So made more of them. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I could do that and I did it and it was beautiful so
0: yes that that came out really nice
2: now the the colors that you have
0: here are really pretty
2: these are all um food so I um
0: oh the coffee mm-hmm. and the black
1: beans.
2: yep so I, I started a project just for myself, just to see. Um I'm really big on, you know, natural and uh minimalism. I think I told you we live we live on the road. Yeah. Um so we my partner and I, we live in a different state or city um every month we move. So everything that we have fits in our vehicle. Um so I don't have a lot of space. I'm, Everything is like very, very, very minimal. There's not a lot of wasting. There's a lot of reusing and repurposing. And so I wanted to find a way to repurpose um, the foods that we were using and getting rid of because we were just composting and, and, you know, throwing stuff away. And I'm like, there's there's got to be, like there's something here, you know? And I had seen before where people were using plants to dye Um, another thing is I'm, I'm huge into like the Discovery Channel and National Geographic and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so you see all these cool, um, shows about how things were done back in the day when they didn't have, you know, dyes and things like that. They used plants and minerals and, and insects and all these different things to create color. And so that was really fascinating. So I wanted to try it for myself and this was the product of that. So um the top um right and left the lighter ones um actually the two in the middle the blue that's from black beans and it's funny because i tell people that they're like how did you get blue blue right (laughs) black beans but black you know holds all colors you know, yeah, the, co- the color black is, is a combination of It every sure color does. Color under the spectrum. That's why we're so lovely and beautiful and come in so many lovely shades. But, um, <laughs> so getting blue from black was was not uh, very hard at all. So that's from black beans. And then the two on the uh, the right and left at the top, the lighter ones um, are dyed from the exhaust, the re- the leftover, the runoff um, dye from the first black beans. So those oh, are- Oh, okay.
1: Hard. Lighter, lighter,
2: Mm -hmm. and then just underneath that, um, the lighter peach is from avocado skins, and then there are two peach in the directly in the middle, they're a little bit darker, and that's from avocado pits. And then in between those are like a brownish hazelnut color, and I got that from coffee.
1: coffee.
2: Um, yeah, so all of those. In fact, I just put those in the shop today. I think there's probably like one or two of each color left, something like that. People showed up earlier today and, and cleaned me out. And it was great. It was a great feeling. Nice. <laughs> um, because
0: I- the colors are so beautiful. And I'm, I'm too late probably. But This one right here is something what I was looking for. This is really pretty.
2: Well, um, you know, all you gotta do is DM me, I'll make you some of that. That ain't no
0: problem. <laughs> yeah, because okay. I wanted to do something like unicornish for my um my niece.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: actually asked Miss Peachy. So we were in the middle of talking about that, but I never actually told her like the actual colors and stuff that I had wanted yet. But this is really pretty because it's almost like I see specs too.
2: Yeah, yeah. That one, um, I threw a bunch of my favorite colors together, and um, some of the colors that are in there are not actual colors that I put on there. They're actually colors that emerged once two other colors. Oh,
0: like I
2: got so it. It was and this is why I love, you know, doing this because it's so fun to watch what happens because, yeah. because you can plan out a colorway and the, the yarn is going to do what it wants to do. Right. And it, it's kind of a, a life lesson too. Like you can plan all you want. you know. But
1: <laughs> yeah. It,
2: it's going to do what it's going to do. And um, I'm, I'm just happy that it actually worked out. It's beautiful. It did. It. it came out so pretty. I think there's two, two of these left in the shop, but if not, you know, I can always make you more.
0: <laughs> cool. So this is when your
2: dance moves. Yes, from this the- is the uh,
1: aerial.
2: Aerial. I was talking okay. about where you have to hook up to the ceiling. Um, and this particular show was done outside for a, um, 4th of July, uh, it was in Canada and they do this huge 4th of July thing for Windsor where they shut down all the streets and all this kind of stuff, um, uh, along the lake. And, um, we did this event and it's actually hooked up to independent rigging that we had to set up outside so that we could have something for me to hang from. So, uh, that, was pretty cool.
0: that is cool. I wish I could do that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this was also in Canada, but uh, for a different show, like I said, I lived in Detroit and Canada is like 20 minutes away from Detroit. So mm-hmm. uh, we had a lot of shows um, in Detroit. And this one was inside of a building, so we just rigged it to the ceiling. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ooh. This was somebody's concert. I cannot remember for the life of me whose concert it was. We've done, like, um, Les Nubian. We've done Erica Badu. We've done Kendrick Lamar. We've done um, Most Dev. We've done Janelle Monet, We've done quite a few shows, and I don't remember... (laughs) <laughs> who showed what? this? One. It was it was for a concert, and um,
0: yeah. So they had the dancers um,
2: just in the air. No, it, was, it was like an opening act, you know. Uh-huh. Um, usually, what artists will do when they go to a city is they will um, have like local celebrities open for them or open for their openers, you know. Gotcha. Um usually people get to a concert, you know, about an hour or so before it actually starts. So a lot of people don't even know this, but there's probably like three or four acts that go on even before the actual opening show. Right. And that I know. Yeah. Yeah, so they they usually um have local talent perform Um, because it's just easier than trying to hire somebody to go on the road. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what that was. We were the, the local talent.
0: (laughs) Nice. This one is beautiful. Like
2: (laughs) this one is really
0: beautiful.
2: Yeah. So that was obviously hula hooping um, and just, finding different ways to use the hula hoop and you know i'm like oh we can do it with our hands we can do it with our body we can do it with our feet we can do it with our head our neck uh i can hula hoop with my butt (laughs) wait i want to see that (laughs) it's it's so funny you're basically just working with the hula hoop going around your butt oh you gotta have you gotta have a butt (laughs)
0: Oh <laughs> well, that I don't like.
2: Laugh. <laughs> I have I, that. I see the people do it and they don't have a butt and the who <laughs> just goes around one time and flies off.
0: <laughs> this right here is dope. When I saw this, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is so cool. It reminds me of like a a movie
1: or like yeah, <laughs> like, like wow.
2: was this was um, for a traveling show that I was a part of and um, it was like a vaudevillian type show. And uh, obviously that's a fire sword and I would do um, belly dancing with the fire sword. I would balance it on my head and do different dances, different moves and, you know, um, you know, run it across my body, all these different things um, with the fire sword and I think I also did aerial and Contortion and something else in this particular show. But this show was so much fun because it was all of us from Detroit and we created something that was like really beautiful and really great. We had this amazing group of circus performers um, in Detroit and we um, created this Motor City vaudeville show. And we took it around and we were performing in different states, different cities, you know, just all over the place. Um, We kind of went on tour for a little bit and it was it was a lot of fun. It was a great, great, great time in my life. So this was just one of the events. Somebody snapped a shot when I was on stage.
0: I was about to say, did you have a photographer? Because your pictures are awesome.
2: Well, usually um, what happens, we didn't have a photographer that traveled with us, but we did have, and I believe um, um, this was by um, Cheryl. Um, she, She did most of my pictures that were in Detroit because she was part of the circus group. And she was a photographer and she was the only one that had like a fancy camera. So... Um, she would t- take these wonderful pictures.
0: Yeah, they're beautiful. Now the sneak.
2: <laughs> this is when she was a baby. Um, was so tiny. Oh my gosh. Um, And this, I think, was probably her second or third performance, but you can see just in this picture, like, she just stopped mm-hmm. and did, like, this little pose on my breast. And mm-hmm. it was, like, so perfect. Like, she just knew where the camera was at all times. And she would pose and stop and do all these things. I remember one time I was dancing and she was around my neck. And somebody was getting ready to take a picture. And she actually slithered and stopped, like, right in the center of my forehead, for the picture. <laughs> <So it laughs> like I had this like snake crown. It was so beautiful. But she had a knack for knowing where the camera was. And wow. she was always moving. Because mm-hmm. that's how she was able to stay attached to my body. Um, but whenever the camera was on, she'd stop. She'd take stop. And keep going. And then stop. Take a picture.
0: <laughs> that is so cool. Now this is cute
2: that's the harness
0: i remember you i remember um well i remember someone had a harness at a party it was mm-hmm. a party it was one of those romancing parties i think it was okay and i'm like why would i buy a harness yeah <laughs> why so would i buy one i
2: um I love all things sexy and sensual and anything that allows me to feel myself or love myself or feel sexy or, you know, all these different things. So um, I can have a party all by myself <laughs> <laughs> um, and I can wear lingerie just for myself, just walking around the house. Like, you know, so I'm into all of those lovely, beautiful things. And so for me, Um, I didn't necessarily like harnesses because they were cold and rigid and uncomfortable. So when I had the opportunity to make a knitted harness, which was soft and silky and stretchy and super comfy, I jumped on it because I think that it's a very, very beautiful way of accenting um, certain parts of your body, which I'm all about. And at the same time, it's extremely comfortable. So um, that also works out because I can wear it all day. And um, there's some other pictures on my Instagram. Uh, When I first made this, I was wearing that thing every day. Like I would wear it under my clothes. Like if I had a t-shirt on, I'd wear it under my clothes on my bare breasts and um so it would kind of peek out the bottom peek out the top so you kind of get just a little hint of how much of a freak i am (laughs) 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 Or, or or you could wear it on top of your clothing like i did in this picture um and it just it's just an added accessory to an otherwise relatively plain outfit um but there's some other pictures that i put on my pole dancing page they're a little bit more risque um that you know i didn't know you had a
0: pole dancing page
2: oh yeah honey (laughs) (laughs) i need to go look at that one (laughs) i'll i'll tag you i'll tag you um in one of the posts so you can see it um but i i posted on my crochet my fiber page i should say um me wearing that that pole dance outfit that i crocheted and i showed it myself on the pole with it i also posted another pole uh, video when i made this harness because i i did it up i put the black booty shorts on i had the black strappy heels and you know the black lacy bra and everything in the harness and i got all dressed up and did a little thing on the pole to showcase the harness But um, it it got reported, so I had to take it down, and then I I put it back up, but I put a photo on top of it, so you only saw the video if you actually clicked.
0: That makes no sense because you know how many women be on there just shaking nothing, and it is more raunchy instead of beautiful and sexy. It's like that's stupid. Somebody was jealous.
2: <laughs> I, I was gonna say so. Somebody somewhere, I thought that you know. And again, we, our community, our fiber community, up until recently, um, you know, at least in the spotlight, has only been old white ladies, and so, and and not only just old white ladies, but old white Christian ladies, um, yeah. who you know are very against a lot of the things that happen on my page. <laughs> so. Um, I wasn't surprised, so I just put a picture over top of it, so the video, you have to scroll to the next picture in order to see it, but there is a poll page with some other stuff on it, so you just go to the poll page, and, um, the people on that side know what to expect, so I'm not getting reported. Right, okay,
0: <laughs> I get it. So, this is what really made me, like, drew me more to you, is when I saw you, uh, in the process of making your shawl. Yes. I am in love. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I love I, it.
2: I could not stand shawls. When I first started making things, I would see people make these shawls. And I'm like, who the hell is wearing a damn shawl? Like, This is not 1940. We ain't living in the woods, you know, (laughs) Um, and I just thought it was like, okay, how many shawls can you own? You get one. That's enough. Right. Because are you really wearing a shawl every day? But when um, people started wearing the triangle scarves and they would crisscross it in the back and pull it to the front and just wear it you know, around the chest. I was like, oh, that's cute. You know, so then I started making all these shawls. Um, And then you find different ways to wear them. You can wear it as more of like a wrap. Because again, I thought a shawl, you just wear it across your shoulders and that was it. That's all you can do. But when you see that you can, you know, pull it, pull it it to one side and wrap it across your shoulder like I have here or um, wear it as a triangle scarf, you know. There's all different kinds of things you can do with it now, and these are a lot of fun for me to make. So I love, love,
1: love. I'm learning.
0: trying to get that loom. I want it so bad. I want it now. I want it so bad. I really do. And you make dolls.
2: Come on now, girl. Yeah, the little babies. This was another thing. I never. I didn't see any little little brown babies. You know. Um so Oh was
0: this before the the doll the the lady dolls the, the the girls who are making dolls now?
2: Yeah this was I think this was 2016, 2015, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um but where I was, I wasn't seeing any black and brown dolls with natural hair. Yeah um so uh initially my very first doll was a had a head wrap because i never saw a doll was a it this one yes that's my very first one yeah <laughs> i was like i want her to be deep chocolate brown and have <laughs> a, a head wrap <laughs> because i never see these ever um yes. and at the time i did see a few people making crochet dolls but they didn't um look like, yeah, it like us right um yeah. and then i met um this one woman um and she has a, a i think it's called my my beautiful brown doll or something Ylonda. yes yes yeah. so i i saw her and i was like oh my god this is amazing Yeah, and so i took her class giving credit all credit to her yeah Um, when it comes to that she answered all my questions and helped me out and did all kinds of videos and all this stuff and i learned um how to create these dolls and i just started pumping them out so i was making like a doll a week in like big Mm. afros afro puffs head wraps um locks braids locks wow yeah just everything natural that you know we do to our hair. Um and she uh indulged me in all of those things. So it was it was really, mm-hmm. cool.
1: really
2: I could never get into doing
0: the dolls. Never.
2: I it just wasn't
0: just like a lot of people can't get into graph hands, mm-hmm. I can't get into doing dolls. I I wouldn't mind looking at it. <laughs> I don't mind looking but I just can't get into me making it. It's not something I want to do, but it, it I is, is a lot of work. It's, yeah, <laughs> I was just about to say. I think it's beautiful because it's so intricate. It's very intricate. I yeah. I like. It. Now, this—did you make this? Yes, I did. This is hot. Did
2: this was
0: your pattern or was it? No, similar?
2: this was someone else's pattern. This, this was my, this was part of my intro to knitting, so. I was like, I'm gonna learn how to knit. And then I chose I chose this. <laughs> Yo, intro to knit with this? Yes. And it that took me like three months to make because I kept making mistakes. There were abbreviations that I had no clue what they were. Um, but I was like determined to make this and so I kept going. Um, It was definitely a labor of love. And when I finally. What? I went-
0: you are just
2: so freaking
0: talented. Every time I. <laughs> just so talented. Geez. Now this. I remember. Um, I think when I first met you. I think you just finished this dress. If I'm not mistaken. Okay.
2: This dress. Um, I don't think so because this no. dress is
0: really old. <laughs> oh, then I don't know what I was saying then.
2: This this is a um this is a recent photo, but that dress um is probably like not really old. It's like three years old. I think well then maybe I just I remember you
0: posting it. That's probably what
2: yeah. I, I did I did repost it. Um I think that was about fall or something. Cause everybody was like, it's fall y'all. And I was so hit sick and tired of hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> so I it. New. And it was crocheted? Yeah, that one is completely crocheted. It's a series of, it's all double crochet, um, but it's double crochet in the form of regular double crochet, cross stitch, you know, the X stitch uh, using double crochet and the bobble stitch. It- like the popcorn this popcorn is. this is beautiful this was a this was my um this dress was my intro into shaping so um this was somebody else's pattern but um they made it the pattern was made for people without a butt
1: so mm-hmm.
2: so i had to um figure out how to alter it to my mm-hmm. shape. Um, because it just looked like a potato sack and I didn't like it very much. So I took it all apart, mm-hmm. started over. Um, I used the the pattern um, as far as like the design, like the the changing of rows, but uh the shaping and the sleeves and the neck, um I did differently to fit my body.
0: You do exactly what I do. <laughs> now I like this. This one with the little red, the red that comes out, the black,
1: the white. Yeah. The gray, you know, my partner
2: yellow. put that in there. I was weaving and I'm like, honey, I need like something because this shawl um is when I first started learning how to weave on a, a rigid heddle loom. And there's these particular rules, there's, you know, ways of doing traditional weaving to make sure everything's straight and even and uniform and all this kind of stuff and like i said i don't like doing stuff that everybody else is doing yeah so i was like you tell me not to do something that's what i'm gonna do and um so uh this is called the rule breaker shawl uh because i went against every rule that i was told in weaving to do so I i use completely different yarn that you're not supposed to pair with other types of yarns I um, skipped a bunch of stitches to create different patterns. You can see there the little um, dangly bits are from me yep. just leaving my edges out instead of tucking them or you know weaving them in. Um, yeah, so it was just all different kinds of stuff that I did in this shawl uh, to break all the rules. Right. And, but it came out nice. Yeah, I I really love and I actually made. I think three of three or four of these and they all sold but after the fourth one that i made i was like okay i'm not doing this anymore because i don't i don't like to do the same thing over and over again then it becomes work Mm -hmm. and and i don't like to work so i don't (laughs) do that anymore so after the fourth one i'm like okay we're cut off we're not making this anymore so i started doing other stuff But I feel like um, enough time has passed that I'll probably do something like this again because it got such a really good response and it was fun to do. But Mm -hmm. um, it'll, of course, be different than this one. Okay. Elements.
0: Now, this is gorgeous.
2: This is knit as well. Um, Yeah. This was, I think, the second time that I started doing shaping with knitting, which is extremely different than shaping with crochet. Crochet, yeah. Um, I was also introduced to German short rows <laughs> with this um, pattern, which I you don't think is necessary. You're like, ah, that's fine. I'll just make it regular until you wear it, and then your neck is like the neck of your sweater is like choking you and you have all this space in the back. (laughs) You don't Mm -hmm. realize that it's the panels of your front and your back are not exactly the same. There's one that's slightly higher than the other to allow um, the room for your shoulders and your neck, that curve. So um, I had a hard lesson in that. uh, And I ended up having to take it all apart. No, no that's not right there was a knitting shirt that i made and i didn't do it and so then when i made this one i made sure to learn how to do german short rows for this one so this was a, a learning experience too also this was all scraps this was i'm looking two. at the texture that's what i'm looking at i'm looking at the texture because i could tell the texture is different yeah there's a, these are all scraps so it's a combination of hand spun and commercial yarn
1: um and
2: it was everything that was left over from other projects so that's why you oh. see the different rows like i didn't do that as like a design choice i did it because i didn't have any more yarn <laughs> so i had to so i had to do something else and then i had to make sure that um even if I had just a little bit of yarn left, I only used enough that will allow me to start another row evenly. So right. you can't see it, but the other arm uh-huh. is a different color than the arm that's facing the camera because I ran out of yarn. Gotcha. It's
0: beautiful. Now this. Yeah, this I one's crochet. This. Yeah, I see a version of it everywhere yeah like a little version of it not the same exact thing like a version of it
2: yeah this was something that i saw i actually saw this first um when i was in cuba and um Mm -hmm. there the evil eye is really 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 big in the um Latino community, and so you see it everywhere in everything there, and especially in Cuba, it's like painted on the sides of people's houses. Um, people are wearing jewelry and charms and shirts, and painted on their cars. I mean, it's it's everywhere. Um, so I first saw a version of this in Cuba, and then when I when I was back home, I saw I think it was on Pinterest or something. There was a a similar version of this. And I was like, I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna do one for myself. And so I chose my colors and kind of just I like. I like, I
0: like this right here. I was looking at this picture because I think I found this picture. You didn't give it to me. I found I was like, oh yes, we gotta use this picture. <laughs> I asked first. I'm not just gonna take,
2: but this, this is
0: gorgeous.
2: My mom has like a 20 by 40 of this in her house. that is this is gorgeous. <laughs> she actually not I forgot she actually has this tattooed on her leg, this exact picture.
1: It is yeah. that is beautiful she was like I love it
2: I need it my mom's covered in tattoos as well (laughs) the first the first person I ever saw with tattoos and um she has like two bachelor's degrees a master's and a phd all in different different uh areas she's Uh just super corporate she runs like Fortune uh, does project management for like Fortune 100 companies and all this kind of stuff. And she's covered in tattoos and she's got ta- tattoos on her hands, on her, her chest, like everywhere. Um, wow. And so when I saw that, I was like um, hearing people like, you're never going to get a job. No one's going to, you know, I'm like, yeah, right. There are a lot
0: of people say that, but now now it's my day, mom.
2: It's not like
0: that. Yeah, it's not like that anymore. Not no. at all.
2: So, yeah. Um, when I saw her, I was like, yeah, this is this is um I got to go ahead.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think this is the last one. This is beautiful too. I, I think we saw this one already.
1: Yeah. But um
0: yeah, we're we we done with the pictures, but oh my gosh, this yeah. was like so much like a treat. <laughs> this was like a treat for us, like this was so beautiful. I want to thank you so much at
2: Thank you. This was a lot of fun. I love um, being able to connect and share and learn. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's it's a lot of fun to just connect with people that are like-minded and being able to learn um, about yeah. it and seeing how people... You know, experience life on their own. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to just have my own experience. I like to to see how other people experience the world as well. So it's really cool.
0: Yeah, I just I experience life differently now, only because of what I've been through. Mm-hmm. I've been through so much, so now I'm I appreciate life. I live it by the rule of attraction, and. I am just I'm happier now because of that. That's now I appreciate life. I appreciate my boys. I appreciate everyone who appreciate me. Mm -hmm. I'm just I'm just happier now. Yeah. I'm I'm happier. So I guess that's how I see you, and I'm like, this is how I want to be. I want to be like free spirit, (laughs) and I just want to be free and, and just loving and and that's how i see you i see you in in the place where that's where i i am trying to be
2: yeah well you're there uh you're you're definitely there we have our own way of experiencing that freedom you know not everybody is going to sell all their belongings and stuff their life into a car and live in a different state every month and eat fire or you know all these different things you know, so <laughs> That's how I, you know, experience my freedom. Um, But somebody else may experience their freedom differently, you know, when it comes to how they live their life or how they express their creativity or, you know, how they express their emotions or, you know, how they use their words. All these different things are an expression of your freedom and how you live your life. So we you're definitely there, you know. It doesn't, um. it doesn't need to, <laughs> doesn't need to look like mine, you know, right. um, and, and it won't, it won't ever look like mine because right. you're you and I'm me, but you're, you're definitely there. You're living, you're living on your terms and you're raising your babies on your terms and in your way and living your life in your way. So that's, that, that's your freedom. You're definitely there.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I really yes. do I appreciate you. And um we could do this again sometime. We could come back Absolutely. on here and talk about some other stuff or you know learn more. I want to loom. I'm going to get that.
2: <laughs> like I said, I I don't I'm not an expert, but I can definitely um show you what I know or help you if you have questions. We can always you know, do little videos. I was trying to do like a little YouTube on my own and nobody, nobody was subscribed. <laughs> so.
1: Do y'all hear this?
2: I was like, okay, this y'all is, this is what? After six months, six months, I got, I got two views on one video and I got three views on another video. After Girl, watch. So I, was I like, can hype you up. We can like, get you going. Okay, I'm not anymore. Because I we felt like I was just talking
0: it. to myself. Sometimes it's okay to talk to yourself. Like, I, I was doing that in the beginning. I was talking to myself and I don't know how I got 1,700, what is it? 1,700 subscribers? I don't know what it is anymore. 1,800? But it, I used to count. Now, I don't... I don't even count okay. anymore. It's fine. It's okay. But um, if you want some subscribers, I can help you. <laughs> if you want <laughs> to do YouTube, I can
2: help you. Yeah, maybe I'll I'll give because um, my partner was like, "Oh, you should do something now that we're living on the road, and you can like do different vlogs about the new you, places that uh, we're living." How do you, what you you're
0: doing go viral, can.
2: Like, you will go and after that after that last experience I had, I was like, nobody's gonna watch me, nobody cares. <laughs> and like and like nobody's worried about what I'm doing over here, you know. Everybody's trying to live their life.
1: You Your know, life is,
0: is adventurous and is something that some people might want to live through you. Because you travel every single month. Like you are in a place where some of us may want to be. We may want to see the things that you're seeing and appreciate yeah. life the way you're you're seeing it. So, yes, I'm telling you, you will go viral. I can help you. Well,
2: <laughs> we are we're in Austin right now and we are here for another week and a half. And then we are going to Sedona um, and Sedona is like a witch's paradise. So um, in I'm Texas, really, I'm sorry,
0: Sedona, where is Sedona? Arizona. Arizona
2: yeah and it's like uh Sedona's like over like a vortex like an energy vortex or something like that and there's like all these cool um because it's a lot of rock and mountains and desert and stuff there's a lot of like crystals and stones and minerals and all these you know different things and places you can visit and there's a lot of Um, creativity and natural, holistic, uh, you know, all that that good juju stuff. So I'm really excited to go there. What um,
0: made you pick that place? Like, uh, how do you guys choose where you're going?
2: Um, (laughs) we choose based on what's available, honestly, um, because with the pandemic, uh, we were supposed to go to San Diego, but California has lost its fucking mind. Like it's on... It's yeah. on a whole nother, a whole nother thing. Yeah. And, um, so we decided to not go to San Diego, um, and we're just gonna stop in Arizona, and then we'll probably go up to maybe Portland, and then go to Bozeman, Montana. It's supposed to be really, really beautiful out there. A lot of natural open mountains and lakes, and like open areas with like wildlife. Ooh that's so super cool stuff um out there which is totally different because i grew up in detroit i grew up in the city i grew up in kind of a you know hood area so mm-hmm. it's like you know watching like wildlife i mean it's michigan so we would see like deer or something but yeah seeing like a moose just hanging out drinking the drink lake, <laughs> you're like Oh my God! Like this is the yeah, place. yeah. Really so National Geographic, you know. So it's pretty cool to go to some of these places that um, you only saw on TV, or at least for me, only I saw on TV when I was growing up. Yeah. So we're we're gonna go up, and then over, and then back down, and we plan on being in the New England area because we want to go to Maine. Um, okay. By next summer okay so this summer I think we'll probably be down southeast by summer like uh New Or. I gotta go back to New Orleans um Louisiana I, yeah kind of re-up my juju you know Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll be we'll be out there in the summer but um yeah I want to be in Maine by next summer so we'll see Okay, we're so you, making
0: you're our passing way by us. I'm sorry? New Jersey. You, you probably be passing New Jersey.
2: Well, we have a... One of my favorite tattoo artists is in Asbury Park. Oh, um, yeah? Yeah. So we were there last year because I got tattooed. I got this collie Um, last year in Asbury Park. And I think my partner... I don't even know if he got any room left. He's so funny. He's like covered from head to toe. Um, <laughs> but he wants to go back. So we'll more than likely. Uh, so, you know, honestly, now I think about it, you were saying, how do we pick? We kind of pick it based on our favorite tattoo artists. Because every time we go to a new state, we get another tattoo. And so we're like, who's in this area that's oh, wow. a really dope artist that we want to get tattooed by? And so we'll pick kind of based on because tattooing is a a huge um, thing that we share between the two of us and um, it's it's a really we choose artists that um, kind of have more of a sacred practice Mm -hmm. Um, so a lot of like private studios and things like that Um, some of the stuff is like indigenous or nature like we are in Thailand and I got my um, chest done my sakyan which is a um, like a spiritual tattoo. There is a priest that like says a bunch of prayers and channels energy and all this kind of stuff and then picks a design for you and they use the little spear thing and they, they tap it into you dot by Oh, hand. wow. So they just go like with this big old spear and go bop, 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 by hand and tap it into you. Is hand.
0: that worse than the actual gun? Girl, yes.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't like it is. Yes. And it's funny because we did the ceremony and at the where we went, um we were guided to um we were given a mantra that resonated with the particular piece that we got. And so you had to sit there like this. You know, with your hands and facing the monk and repeat the prayer over and over and over again while you're getting tattooed so i'm sitting like this like squeezing the shit out of my hands because it is hurting so bad and i'm like fighting back like you know just kind of breeze like go with the pain like you know like it's, it's, it's okay this is an experience it's fleeting you know it'll be over soon and then you know it's what's done is done and blah blah so i'm talking to myself but at the same time i'm saying this prayer and i'm and right at the moment where I felt like I could not take it anymore. And I actually because you know, you feel like, okay, I need to stop. No, I need to fucking stop. Yeah. But you don't want to because it's this yeah. beautiful ceremony and there's like all these like altars and statues and flowers and offerings and all this. I am mean, you're in this beautiful atmosphere, you're in nature and it's this is wonderful experience. So you don't want to stop. But (laughs) the flesh is like, "Ah!"
0: screaming, right?
2: (laughs) Right at the moment that I was like, okay, I got to stop. He finished. So it was like perfect timing because I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And um, all of my tattoos hurt, but there is sort of a, a meditative practice that kind of happens for me. When I when I get tattooed, in fact, this one that I got, um, it's of uh, trying to get the angle of the camera. Let me see. I it's, see. Uh, there we go. It's so weird. Just what I think is my right is the left in
1: the camera. I know, right?
2: <laughs> this this tattoo actually fell asleep while I was getting tattooed because I was so deep in um, mm-hmm. the goddess. Her name is Tara and she's the goddess of compassion. And she has a bunch of different mantras, but I picked one of her mantras that I really loved. And I repeated the mantra the whole time I was getting tattooed. And I was so deep into my chanting that I actually fell asleep. And the guy, he was like, I've never in my life tattooed somebody that fell asleep while they no. were getting tattooed. Uh-uh. But for me, I I do have a very high pain tolerance, so pain um, I don't I don't experience pain the same way as a lot of people, so I get it. Yeah. Um, they do hurt, but the pain is I don't know. It transforms into something else for me, in my experience. Well, it's we right here. on
0: hurt, but not. It wasn't to the point where I felt like I. I only had one. This is the only one I have in Survivor, and that's a really good
2: spot for it too. Yeah, spot for it,
0: and it's the matching. I got it with my son. He has my whole name on his arm, like this, my whole name, and it has um the same font. And around here is the ribbon, breast cancer ribbon.
2: Okay,
0: he has on his breast cancer ribbon. Nice. Yeah. And then on top of the S he has a crown. It's a tiara.
2: Okay.
1: No. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that that's actually a really good spot um for it. Any spot that's like soft, mm-hmm. like like here, like closer to my the inside of my armpit, um underneath the arm hurts really bad. The the inner crease. Of the arm is touchy. The inside the wrist can be a little bad for some people. Any bony yeah. areas, like my, I have my whole back done. Um, it goes from the middle of my head down to the middle of my butt cheek, and I also have the the whole side of my head done.
1: I, so saw, that. I saw that. I saw
2: that. Do you draw your own? Um, some of them, yes, uh, but. Honestly, the majority of them, I allow the artists to do what they want, Uh, and that's why I choose certain artists, because I feel confident that if I give them creative license, creative freedom, they're going to give me something that's really, really cool, because I know myself as an artist, if somebody has like 50 different requirements for something, I don't want to do it. It's work. When you got all these special requests and you want it like this and like that and this size, yeah. and it, that now my creative, I'm at a block. But when you tell me I can do whatever I want, you just give me like a general idea. That's then I'm me. like,
1: ooh.
0: That's <laughs> me. Everybody know If they know, if they say I need a graph and I need you to design this or uh, this type of pattern, that's me. I'll say, do you give me freedom to tweak it? Yes. Or diva- I say divotize it. You <laughs> want me to divotize it? And I'll, and nine times out of ten, they all say yes. Please divotize it, and it actually comes out beautiful. It comes out better than what they thought. So I agree a hundred percent with that. But I have to go because my son is standing oh. right here, and I have to like you know go in there and help him.
2: No problem. <laughs> no problem at all. I but I enjoyed this so
0: much. Night,
1: so I know, right? We can talk
0: all night long because I I usually stop by now, but I was like going and going and going. Thank you so much. I appreciate yeah, thank
2: you. you. I
0: appreciate you. And um, I will talk to you again.
2: Yes. Oh, just um before everybody goes, there's still yarn in the shop. Um, if you want to go.
0: It's in the description. I put your your website in the description. Perfect.
2: Uh, so yeah, I got you, girl. Lots of stuff available. Clean me out so I can get some gas money to go. It's to in
0: phone. the <laughs> description, you guys. It's in the description. Thank you so much. I Thank appreciate you.
1: you. So Have nice a good you. night. Bye. <laughs> Bye.